Thanks for tuning in to Portico's online campus. During this season when so much of life has been altered, our online campus is still a great way for us to gather together as a church. Remember, the church is not a building, the church is people. So as you watch, I'd encourage you to fully participate in the worship just as you normally would. Stand and sing with us. Sign in and join the discussion with our online campus chat hosts. And let the Word of God remind your heart that through all of this, He is still in control, He has not forgotten us, and He will continue to do great things in our lives and communities as we let Him lead us. So sign in, grab your Bibles, and get ready to join Portico Online. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day to all of those who are fathers. Happy Father's Day to all of you who are not fathers. And it's good to be with you in church. Good to be with you online. I was already chatting a little bit with Steve, but also uh, saw Gary's on there and the Martins all the way up at the cottage. Good to see everybody. We know as the church is reopening, but uh, we're still in the middle of this pandemic. You're going to be joining us through all different kinds of ways. We know some of you are even do, uh, participating in church at home today in small groups in your homes. It's fantastic that the church is gathering in so many different ways. We've figured this out over the last number of months, and I guess over the last year. It doesn't matter how we gather, it just is important that we do gather. So thanks for participating week in and week out with us here at Portico. And as we are preparing to celebrate and, and study the word here on Father's Day, we know that Father's Day is different than the celebration we had a few months ago, like Mother's Day. Um, on Mother's Day, we're always kind to moms, and we always uh, go over and above, but on Father's Day, it's a little bit different. Sometimes we like to pick on dads or make fun of some of the idiosyncrasies that our dads have, and it's easy to say that because we as dads have the ability to, or just maybe the uncanny knack to mess up all of the time, and so it's easy to find places where we can poke holes, but a typical church Father's Day service might be a challenge for dads to be better. Or maybe we'll build up dads into superheroes and say, here's what every great dad should be. But we're actually going to take a two-week series, and we're going to be focusing on the story of Josiah. And if you've been reading along in our daily devotional Bible readings, which you can find on, on our app, you've known that we've been in 2 Kings, and we see Josiah's story in 2 Chronicles as well. And we're actually going to present these messages, not just to dads, but to everyone. But we are going to look at how our dads impact us, both for the good and, and for the bad. We know there's a mix of both in, in our lives. And specifically, if you want to be reading, if you didn't get a chance to get started this week, we're in 2 Kings chapters 21 through 23, and then 2 Chronicles 33 and 34. And we're going to look at Josiah, and we're going to look at his father, and then we're going to look at Josiah's grandfather as well. And when it comes to dads, I just want you to consider who your dad is or what you know about your dads or the father figures in your lives. And there's a real mix of experiences and emotions for all of us, really, if we start considering who our dads are. Some of us know our dads. Some of us might not even know who our dads are. Some of us have great dads. Some of us have dads who pretend to be great in certain situations. Then they go home and you think, ah, I see who you actually are, dad. And I don't think you're as great as you think you are or other people think you are. And then we have dads who are doing their best all the time and they're succeeding when they can and failing at other times. But, but this week, as we study in 2 Kings and we look at Josiah, we're actually going to shift the focus not just from his, uh, from his dad 
to actually his grandfather. And uh, we've got a slide just to help us understand the chronology here. But we've got Josiah, who was a king, and he was the son. And then we've got his father, who was a king, and his name is Ammon. But then we've got his grandfather, who was also a king. This is the royal family. And his name was Manasseh. And if you have been reading along over the last number of weeks, you will have seen that the people in Josiah's life, his dad and his grandfather, were not actually fantastic human beings. And they, there was a lot of uh, destruction and sadness that was brought into the country's life and not only Josiah's life because of his dad and because of his grandfather. And at the time when these individuals were living uh, in the land of Judah or, or, the, or Israel together, there would have been uh, stories that would have been told to pass down history. Things wouldn't have been written, but it was an oral tradition. And people knew the stories of the country based on the stories that they would have told around mealtimes, around the fireside. And Josiah's father, Ammon, became king when he was 22 years old. And he only led for two years. So Josiah was six when his dad became the king, and he led for two years. And the people hated his dad so much that he was killed by his closest followers two years into his reign. He was just offed. <laughs> and actually, if, we've, if you've been reading, you know that his grandfather, Manasseh, his story was even worse because Manasseh inherited a kingdom that was God-honoring. The king Hezekiah had, had, had led the people up in faithfulness, and they had actually defeated larger nations around them, and Israel was strong and powerful. But Manasseh, Josiah's grandfather, turns this strong, powerful, God-honoring nation into this weak nation that was defeated by Syria. There were foreign gods in the Lord's temples, and uh, Israel, or Jerusalem, was captured. Unlike the people who were able, uh, of Hezekiah's nation, that were able to fight off Assyria, Manasseh's people just kind of rolled over and let Assyria take over the nation. And Manasseh was taken into slavery, and he's forced to think through what his kingship was like and what he had done. And, and in these moments that he's in a Babylonian jail, he stops and he seeks God. And God actually restores him back to Israel. And that's the part of, uh, jo of Josiah's story we're going to focus on today, his grandfather's seeking of the Lord. And the message we're going to share across all of our campuses is called uh, um, Scars Tell a Story. And every dad has scars. I don't know if your dad is like, uh, is like, is like my dad, but, but my dad has scars all over his hands and all over his legs and all, because he likes to work and he likes to do things. And as we work, we get, we get cuts. I have, I have a bunch of scars on my, on my forehead or on my elbow or on my hands because I've done work. And it's from fixing bikes or fixing the house or burning our hands on the barbecue and things like that. But it's not just the physical scars that we have. We also have scars that life leaves on us. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're trying to get ahead in life and you take a risk and then you get an emotional scar or you get a mental scar. And sometimes the scars that life leaves on us are because of our successes and we worked hard and, and they're the scars of the stories of success. And then sometimes they are the scars from the stories of failure and it's where we've fallen. And there's a hurt there. And every father has scars that mark our lives. And some are from the way to successes and other from the falls of failure. So the reflection question is, what story do your scars tell? Manasseh's life had spiraled out of control. He had lost his kingdom. 
his son was going to follow in his footsteps. He might have felt like he ruined his son. And so the three reflective thoughts that I want to share with us this morning, whether you're here in the room or whether you're participating online, we're all going to take these notes down, is what stories would Manasseh want to have told his grandson? And what a perfect reflection for us on Father's Day because we're going to gather around meals and hey, we can do this in groups of 10 outside now, so we're actually going to have a chance to gather and we're going to have the opportunity to share stories about our family or our fathers or our grandfathers. And so what would Manasseh want his grandson to know and maybe for us to know on this Father's Day as he would have shared with his grandson around the fire? So three thoughts for you. The best note-taking experience is in your app. If you haven't downloaded the Portico app, make sure you do. All the videos are there. All the notes are there. So you can pop that out. And here's the first thought for you if you're taking notes. Is that destiny is not determined by family. Now, we're inseparable from, from our family. We all wrestle with this thought, I want to be like my dad, or I don't want to be like my dad. And I, I, I don't want you to put hands up, and I don't want you to answer in the chat room, but just for your own reflection, are you more of the individual that said, man, I, I wish I could just turn out like my dad because I love everything about my dad? Or are you more on the side of, I want to do everything that I possibly can to not make the same mistakes as my father did? And there's a debate if you go into sociology or, or psychology courses, you know the nature-nurture debate. Do we know what the nature-nurture debate is? Who would know what that is? Nature-nurture, it's are you more like you are because of your nature, your DNA, is the stuff that's inside of you that makes you up, is that going to determine how your life goes? Or is it the experiences that you have, how you are nurtured? So the caregivers, the teachers, the aunts and uncles, the friends, the country you grew up in, the, the kind of experiences you have in your world, does that have a greater influence on who you become and how you will function and how you will think? And there's, and there's a debate, and many people will feel that, it's, that there's obviously a balance, but some will lean harder towards your DNA gives you your life script, and some would say, no, no, it's, your DNA has very little to do with it. It's how you are nurtured. But there's a fear if it's more heavily on the DNA, on the nature side, you think, then am I doomed to make the same mistakes that my family has? So Josiah, the key person in this narrative for, this, for these two weeks, he becomes king when he's eight years old. And for the past 60 years, the nation has been in ruins. In fact, the nation has been in slavery. And people had worshipped other gods all throughout the country. And if you've been reading 2 Kings 21, 1 and 2, here's, what Grandpa Manasseh, here's how the scriptures define Grandpa Manasseh. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. That's how the Bible def uh, uh, records Manasseh's reign. 2 Kings 21, 19 and 20. This is how the Bible records Ammon's reign. This is Josiah's father. Ammon was 20 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father Manasseh had done. So as we keep going through kings, we get to 2 Kings 22 and 2, and you would expect to see the same script about Josiah. So let's put it on the screen. This is Josiah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Manasseh, grandpa, evil. Ammon father, evil. Josiah son, pleasing. So what happened to make Josiah so different than grandfather and his father? It's easy for us 
to pass off issues on dads. So let's just pick on dads here today. We'll say, well, my dad had a temper, so that's why I have a temper. It's not my fault. It's my dad's fault. He shouldn't have got so mad, and, and now I have to be mad. Or, my, or th- this, one is, this one is key to many of our homes. My dad never knew how to express love, so I don't know how to express love. I've heard that over and over. Uh, my dad didn't hug me enough. That's why I don't hug my family enough. <laughs> Josiah would have said, my dad wasn't spiritual. My dad did what was evil in the Lord's sight. My dad wasn't loved by people. And, and even his dad wasn't loved by people. So, so I did the wrong thing. No. Josiah was different. Josiah refused to allow his DNA to determine what his destiny is. Now, how did he change? <laughs> Josiah got into the Word. Josiah got into the Bible. He said, I'm not going to settle for what my family, what my father, what my grandfather has settled for. 2 Kings 22 and 13, it's in your notes. Josiah says, go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me. He's speaking to his advisors. And for all the people of Judah, inquire about the words that were written on this scroll that has been found. Josiah found scrolls that his father never read, that his grandfather never read. And he said, what does this mean? Who is this God? Who is this Jehovah? Josiah took it upon himself to get in to the Bible. And, and this is the story, or it, 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 it would have been the Torah, it would have been their scriptures. And this is the story of Christianity, that God actually wants to write new pieces of your story that extend beyond your family. We read it in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. This means anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person and has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has become. And so many of us will accept what we're given in our lives from our families, from our fathers, and we say, there's nothing that I can do about it. But we see King Josiah says, there is something that I can do about it. And it begins when I get into the word of God and I let God's word and my father God that we were singing about earlier begin to shape how I think and how I act so much more than I allow just my family begin to shape and think how I act. You want to be important in this world? You want to make an impact? Get into your Bible. Let, let, let the words of the Bible be the thing that convinces you that there's something greater in this life available to you. For Josiah, grandpa was dad, God was killed, but that's my old. That was me apart from God. I've been given a new chance and a chance to have a new part of my story written, just like Paul would write so many years later that he was, could become a new creation. We have a destiny beyond our dads. God's right, God writes new stories for us because we become new creations. And destiny is not determined by DNA. Destiny is determined by our relationship with God. Because none of us are replicas of our dads. And this can be a good thing, and this can be a bad thing. Some of us, may, some of us today, we may be reflecting, and you're like, actually, it was my dad who, I, who, who lived up here, and I haven't been able to live to the same standard that my dad had. But Manasseh, grandfather. And here's the thought for all of us who who are fathers or grandfathers in the room. He would have desperately wanted the opportunity to speak to his grandson and say, grandson, you don't have to make the same mistakes that I've done. Your father and me, your grandfather, we've made mistakes, but you don't have to be like us. How many of us as father figures or grandfather figures would want that opportunity this Father's Day? And in fact, I would say don't miss this Father's Day to have the opportunity to look at your family, to speak to your grandkids and say, 
there's a way to live and there's a way not to live and I've had a mix of both. Let me tell you some of the lessons that I've learned in my life. Take part in what the Jews did, which was the oral tradition, and tell the stories of successes and failures. Show them the scars of your life that maybe, maybe you've never really opened up that piece to you. Today's an opportunity for you to take that time and say, let me shape the next generation. You know, Ben, our youth pastor, shared this this week. And I love this thought. And he said, imagine if Christians shared the gospel as often as they shared the good news about getting vaccinated or avoiding vaccination. It's amazing how passionate people become when they are convinced that something actually saves lives and souls. Think about all the posts we see about, don't get vaccinated, you're, gonna, it, it, you're going down a rabbit hole, or get vaccinated, it's saving lives. Just share the gospel that saves your soul regardless if you're vaccinated or not. That's the thing that we have to share. If we could just share that kind of truth with people, we would see lives changed. And this Father's Day is your opportunity to share that with your family. For those who feel like your dad hasn't given you the example you've wanted, here, here's, a, here's an opportunity. Don't just settle for the destiny that's been left for you. God writes a new piece of you because you're a new creation. We need to be less concerned about where God is calling us and more concerned what he's calling us to. Don't get so focused on where God is calling us from. Let's figure out where God is calling us to. And if you're struggling with a family history that's less than perfect, question if it, you believe that now it's written your future. Josiah reminds you that that's not God's way. God doesn't make so that your past defines your future. If you trust God to transform you, then trust his word that he'll find ways to lead you into new and great places. Don't let your family write your entire story. So that's our first reflection. What Manasseh would have wanted to share with his grandson. Second one, your mistakes are not final. Manasseh would have wanted Josiah to know, hey, the mistakes that I've made actually didn't bring finality. There are consequences to every choice, but there's rarely finality in every choice. More often than not, things can actually be repaired. So the title of our message is Scars Tell a Story. So let's look at maybe the literal scars on Manasseh. So Hezekiah, this would have been Josiah's great-grandfather, Manasseh's father. Hezekiah was under attack by Assyria, and Assyria had, had surrounded, and they were taunting the people of Judah. And they said, give up on God and give up on Hezekiah. Don't listen to what he's saying you. But Hezekiah taught them, above all, trust in the Lord. And God provided a fantastic story in Chronicles about Hezekiah's faithfulness. But, but Manasseh was different. And he told the people, God was all kinds of different idols. Gods are, God is the God of all the peoples around, and you can worship however you want. And so he brought all of these idols into the Lord's temple. And so when Assyria attacked Manasseh, the people folded. God allowed it. And his missteps had real consequences. And actually, he was brought into slavery in Babylon. Look at this in 2 Chronicles 33 and, and 33 and 11. And as the commanders of Assyrian armies brought him in, they put a ring through his nose and they bound him in bronze chains and they led him away to Babylon. And so years later, when Manasseh was speaking to his grandson, he would have had the scars of a bronze ring that were in his nose, literal scars that reminded him of his unfaithfulness and how he was a slave and how he had turned away from God's word. And he would have wanted his grandson to know, grandson, life 
leaves you with choices, and bad choices have consequences. But grandson, I also want you to know this, that mistakes are not final. And they never have to be the entirety of your story. Allow God to write new pieces of your story after the sad parts. Let your mistakes be a comma in your life, not a period, not finality. And this only happens when a man is humble enough to submit that I actually need God. I don't know it all. And if you read about Manasseh's story in 2 Kings, you hear that he did evil. I want to bring you to 2 Chronicles and show you another part of Manasseh's story. But while in deep distress, this is 2 Chronicles 33 and 12. But while in deep distress, he's in jail, Manasseh sought the Lord his God and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed, the Lord listened to him. The Lord listened to him and he was moved by his request. So the Lord brought Manasseh back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. And then Manasseh finally realized that the Lord alone is God. We talk about how sometimes prayer changes us more than it changes God. This is one of these prayers that actually changes God. When you bring yourself to God and humble yourself, this is when God changes. And Manasseh got to go back home. And if you read the rest of that story in that chapter, you see that Manasseh actually became a good king in Judah again, and he began to turn the hearts of the people back to God because of one simple choice to say, God, I need you. God, I've messed up. I'm humbling myself. Dads, that's a big, that's a big step for some of us. But when we look at our lives, if we want our, our mistakes to become as not period, it begins with that one simple choice to say, I am not perfect let me humble myself before my God. Can we talk about cancel culture for a minute? We've, we've, we, we've started some big discussions lately about things we should erase from our history and, and people who we should erase from the scene. We've talked about how this country began its Canadian history with colonization and what that meant for our indigenous peoples and, and what that experience was for black people in this nation and what it continues to mean for new immigrants coming here. And we very much need to get into the roots and fix what was broken. And we also need to stand up to the voices that demand the tearing down of anyone that's ever made a wrong choice. That is not what we see in the Word of God. Manasseh only had the chance to become a good king because God said, I forgive you for the evil that you've done. Think about that. Manasseh was sent to jail because of his wrong choices, and God forgave him. In 2 Kings 21 and 16, you know what it says about? You can open it and look at it. You can open up and read it later. 2 Kings 21:16. It says that Manasseh's actions had innocent people killed, yet God says, I forgive. Manasseh, you lived a self-serving life, but actually, here's your second chance. And none of us deserve a second chance because we all have sin in our life. Yet every one of us is offered that by a heavenly father that says you actually have the opportunity to have a second chance if you humble yourself and say I need it. Mistakes are still commons, are still commas in God's economy. They are not periods that leave us in finality. I don't know how many of you would know Maya Angelou and her her writing and her thoughts, but we've been reading in our home one of her books, and this thought has just been sticking with us. Do your best until you know better, and then when you know better, do better. Let the scars of your life tell a story of loss 
and forgiveness and fresh starts, not of periods after mistakes. Each of our families, I know, have places where we can live this out. And I pray that over lunch or whatever you do today with your family, that you have discussions of the scars and then opportunities for the mistakes to move forward and the forgiveness that God would offer would be true of your family as well. Okay, last thought for us today. Let godly obedience be your legacy. Those who learn from the past are not doomed to repeat it. And part of Josiah's success is attributed a great deal to a king that was not even in his immediate family, but King David. Second Kings 22 and 2b said that Josiah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, following the example of his ancestor David, who did not turn away from doing what was right. David's obedience actually influenced Josiah. And legacy can actually be passed down generations before us. Setting down a godly example can have impact that we would never imagine and could actually influence the nation for centuries to come. Even, even Manasseh laid out a bit of a legacy. It took time for him to get there, but he made it. You know that Manasseh was actually the longest reigning king in all of Judah. He reigned for 55 years. And it wasn't in his first 20, 30 years that he left a legacy that was worth following. But he wrote a second ending to his life because he made this change. You know, we're even, we're even having some uh, we, we're even having some pretty hot debates about in our country what are the names from our history that we want to remove from it and you know they, uh, we talk about john a mcdonald the founding prime minister of our country it, should we even speak of him a person that founded the country yet also put into action residential schools and we think should we should we forgive or should we erase innocent lives were lost culture was destroyed because of Part of what John A. Macdonald did. You know who that sounds like to me? It sounds like Manasseh. Innocent lives were lost. Culture was destroyed. Yet Manasseh had the second opportunity to leave a legacy. Thought for you today. A person's story is never written on the, greatest, on the day of their greatest success or their worst failure. But it's in his or her ability to outlive either. None of us should be defined by one act whether it's good or bad. Let God have the opportunity to write second acts in our lives. It begins with a humble saying, I have, I have failed, I have done evil, I have caused hurt. And then there's the opportunity for forgiveness. That's the story of the scripture. And all of us should be extending the same grace that has been extended to us by our Heavenly Father who has looked at us and say, the sin in our lives are worthy of death. You failed me. You've done evil in my sight. But our good Heavenly Father says, I'll extend to you that second opportunity if we would humble ourselves and confess our need of Him. Interestingly enough, as we've been looking into in our house the life of John A. MacDonald and just reflecting on so many of the issues that I know many Canadians are reflecting on in these days. You know what happened in his later years after he had lived the life that he had lived? His second wife brought him to tent meetings and where he found Jesus and he began to live a different life and a second act a man who had done good and a man who has done evil let's not let anyone Manasseh John A. Macdonald you and me be defined by the worst acts of our lives but allow a second act to be written in our lives 
Because when we allow the second Acts to be written, if you go into Josiah's story, 2 Kings 22, 19 through 20, look at this. This is about Josiah because for the first eight years of his kingship, he actually never found the word of the Lord and he began to follow in the evil footsteps of his father. But when he was 16 years old and he found these words, here's what it says. You were sorry and you humbled yourself before the Lord. Indeed, I heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you have died and buried you in peace. You will not see disaster that I'm going to bring to this city. God changed history because of this one act of Josiah humbling himself. And there are people here today that I believe you need the chance to author a different ending in your life. It's Father's Day. You may or, not be, may or may not be connected with your family. You may or not be reflecting on, on the things, that, the way that you have fathered, the way that you have influenced your family. Or maybe you're considering your own father and you're thinking, my father influenced my family in good ways and in bad ways. You know what each of us need the opportunity for is the chance to author a different part of our story. That's the beauty of what we're reading here. Manasseh, Ammon, Josiah, that God doesn't end our stories. And there are people who see the scars, just like Manasseh would have had on his nose. Can we let our scars be the stories of failure, but then humbly coming to God and starting new pieces of our lives? My prayer today is for every father that needs to be reminded of the legacy. Or grandfathers, maybe you feel like you're even in the last, the last phase of your life. You can still author a new legacy that will influence generations to come. And my prayer would be for families that we would allow that of our fathers and our grandfathers, that we too will see God's blessing in our days the same way that Josiah saw it in his days when he learned from the mistakes and the stories of his fathers. Let me pray for you as we close today. Father God, I thank you that you are a loving, forgiving, heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that as we reflect on these stories and these thoughts today. Lord, would we see it with your eyes? Would we see it through the lens of a father who wants best for his children? And Lord, you know what's best for us is when we would bring our hurt and bring our mistakes and bring all of the failures to your feet and we would say, Lord, what we've done is not good enough. Would you humbly forgive us? And would you allow us to live differently? God, I pray the same story that you authored in our lives, we would author in the lives of our families and our, those we influence around us. God, we thank you for your goodness. And we pray that over the course of this Father's Day, however we interact, whomever we interact with, that we would have the opportunity, Lord, to give this same kind of grace to all those around us. Jesus, thank you for loving us in this unfathomable, amazing way. And we pray this all in your name, amen. Thanks again for joining with us in today's service. If you would like someone to follow up with you for prayer, please let us know by filling out a prayer request at portico.cc prayer. And please remember to continue giving to the ministry. Even though we can't meet in person, we are still a church that is meeting both the physical and spiritual needs of our community. You can give today by clicking the donate button on the top right hand side of your screen or by going to portico.cc donate. 
All the latest updates of where and how the church is meeting during this season can be found at portico.cc COVID-19. And you can always stay up to date by downloading our church app on the Google Play or iTunes store. Thanks for worshiping with us today, and we hope to see you again next week.